Hello, you're tuned in to The Witch Wavelength, a magical vibe in the form of music, ideas and practices, creations and conversations, all about living a magical life. I'm Sheena Cundy, author, songwriter and Essex witch, and I'm joined in the studio by my husband, Mr Ian Cundy, guitarist, treehouse builder, beachcomber and recording engineer and producer of the podcast. Oh, yeah. Hi. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? <laughs> um, how are you, Sheena? I'm fine, thank you. I mean, you. a lot of people out there probably listening sort of think, well, why does he say, how are you? Because obviously you must know, because we live together. <laughs> but I don't know, it sort of seems that when I wake up in the morning, you're gone. And then, like, when I go to bed, you're up sort of reading or something and, and whatever. So we're a little bit at the moment like ships in the night, aren't we? Well, it's a bit like a sandwich, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. We meet in the middle. Oh, well, that's right. <laughs> well, unless it's a cheese sandwich and then it's cheese in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> that was really cheesy. Ian. It was. Wasn't that was it? so yeah. bad. Yeah. Anyway, um, yes. Without further ado, yes. Here we are in the studio, and yeah, we've just had a a lovely guest who came only a few days ago. It's always lovely when people come to see us in person, mm. in the flesh. And Melanie Syrett came all the way from Great Yeldon in Essex. And Melanie is known as the drum woman. Yeah. And she certainly is that. She holds drum circles and retreats and gatherings. She facilitates drum birthing workshops. She trains people in facilitating drum circles as well. And she travels all over the country. And I met Melanie at, well, in fact, you did as well, briefly. Yeah. Um, at a magical sort of mind-body-spirit event last year in Essex where we were playing mm. with Morrigan's Path and Melanie was um, selling her drums on a stall and I met her again a few months later at another magical event where she was selling her drums and she actually facilitated a drum circle. I had a stall, I was selling my books, I did a talk on on one of my books and I joined in her drum circle, which yeah. was wonderful. I loved it. It was great. And so I said to her that day, you must come on our podcast. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I wanted to find out more about her. Well, there, there is something about banging a drum, isn't there? And when you get multiple people all sort of getting into the rhythm and raising the energy, it's quite a quite a thing. Um, and having her in the studio here sort of chatting, that certainly raised the energy, didn't it? Oh, oh, definitely. It's always a real pleasure to hear about people's personal stories. And, and Melanie's story is, is enlightening, you know, and... And and it's really interesting to see how she's followed those spiritual breadcrumbs mm. from you know from a few years ago to to where it's brought her now on the path and all the things that she is now um, all these gifts that she's offering to people um, how she's grown along the way you know yeah. and 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 is now creating a sacred space really wherever she goes working with the spirit of the drum yeah that's right you know and how her artwork has um also evolved as a means of 
communication with the land and with the spirit of the drum. You know, she that comes through her painting. Yeah. And yeah. and um, having seen all her drums on her stalls, I mean, they're beautiful. You know, mm. and like as she says in in the chat, she she's never been trained as an artist. She's never sort of mm. thought of herself as an artist, and yet here she is. You know, painting these beautiful um, symbols and and things on on her drums um, because they talk to her. Yeah. You know, and as we know, any form of mediumship is, you know, you are an instrument yourself, aren't you? Yeah. You are a channel for that divine sort of sacred guidance that comes through you. And, um, yeah, it was it's a complete joy to to, to listen to her and to, to find out more about her. So without further ado. Here we are. Here's Melanie and myself chatting on the Witch Wavelength. Melanie, thank you so much for coming to visit us. Yeah, pleasure. <laughs> um, it's it's a lovely day out there, isn't it? Mm, absolutely. Beautiful blue sky, bright sun. And it's in bulk. Yeah. Start. Beginning of February. What does that mean to you? Uh, it means it's uh, the beginnings. We're kind of midway between solstice and equinox, and it's the beginnings of... Snowdrops starting to poke their heads up. Uh, the start of daffodils. When we were away the week the other day, we saw daffodils coming up. Uh, bright, a little bit. It's five o'clock. It's starting to get dark now. It's just that turn. The I know shift, and there's a bit of an energy, a bit of a fizz. Yeah, that there I maybe mean, wasn't before. I don't know about you, but I think this year is going to be amazingly revolutionary for a lot of people it feels like there's a big transformation yeah happening do you yeah. think yeah i do i do i listen to a lot of astrology and yeah. um there's a lot of big transits and big things going to happen on a global scale but then there's also the real potential for individual transformation dropping all that you don't need anymore yeah stepping in to the next phase of being yeah and, of and course, it's going to go quick. I think. Yeah, I, I I feel that. I mean, I feel like we've just been given a great big cosmic boot up the backside, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's great. It's it's just got that feeling of expansion and growth and that kind of Jupiter energy. Yeah. Um, I don't know a lot about astrology or the planets, but I'm finding myself wanting to know more about it. You know. Um, now with your work. Of course, you work closer to the Earth. You're a little bit more on this planet, aren't you? Most of the time. <laughs> Although, you know, with the drums, it does take you up there a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so, I also my natal chart, I've got a lot of Earth in my... Uh, I'm Virgo, Virgo sun, moon. Uh, are you? Yeah. Uh, I'm Virgo rising. Of, yeah, I've got, I'm a Leo rising. Are you? Yeah. So I've got a lot of, a lot of Earth placements, so I am really with the land. Grounded. Mostly. It's my favourite place to be. Yeah, and you've done a bit of moving around in your time, haven't you? Uh, yeah, in what you mean is in travelling about to different places. Well, and... I've I've looked at your website and you're all over the place. <laughs> okay, so I kind of meant that, but I I'm that's what I want to ask you really is is where did your your spiritual journey start? So can you remember? Yeah, yeah, it's very clear. <laughs> it's very clear. So um, before. Uh, it was Reiki. Reiki was the beginning, and um, 
Before that, I was very, very sceptical. I did religious education at, at secondary school and I loved it and had lots of questions. So I went to do an A-level in religious studies, which was all philosophy and ethics, with the idea that perhaps instead of being an agnostic and sitting on the fence, I might go either way and figure out what I believed. Mm. And I came away still sitting on the fence uh, with a real... <laughs> knowledge that I needed to see to believe if I was going to put my faith in anything I was going to need to um really experience something you need the evidence yeah absolutely and so I just carried on with my life and I went to uni and I went um became a primary school teacher and uh there was a an event maybe in like 2007 where so I'd have been about 27 where a friend and I saw an orb and I didn't believe in things like that or ghosts or anything like that. And But the fact that we'd both seen it and then we called her mum in and it came and went up and down her mum's leg and we all saw it. That was a bit like, OK, what's happening there? That's a thing. <laughs> well, you can't get away from it. We all saw it. And then uh, my ex-boyfriend and I were in his flat probably 2010 and we were sat chatting and looking I was sat looking down the hallway to the living room and this shadow that I could have touched walked across the doorway like from one part of the living room into the other living room, part of the living room and he just laughed when I was screaming going oh I can see this he said yeah I think it's the old lady who used to live here I think she's just getting a <laughs> cup of tea going back to watch the telly and so then that kind of knocked my idea of ghosts out the window mm. um and at that time I'd had a in my school somebody had organized a well-being day where they had taster sessions of things and they were five pounds for 15 minutes so me being one who loves massages and stuff went straight to the woman and put like said I want three things and I had a massage a facial and I had Reiki because I never tried it before and then um, when she finished I couldn't move off the couch I felt physically stuck and the woman just kind of went, oh, that's interesting. And I was just like, I actually can't move. What's what's happening? Uh, so I started going to see her for massages. She did a stress buster special where she put Reiki into it as well and hot stones and things. And each time I would not be able to move. Um, so we got talking about Reiki. Same time I went to a festival in... Uh, it was called Gaunt's House Summer Gathering in Dorset and that was the first place I'd ever had a sound bath. They weren't a thing, really. They weren't mainstream like they are now, gong baths and things. I love that. Then I went to look for one near me and I was in Harlow and the closest place was Billericay that I could find because they just weren't available. And went and had a sound bath with this lady who asked me to become her case study and she was doing shamanic work and gong work. Um, and then she disappeared one day and then I moved into London oh and the reason I say about her is because she also did Reiki and right. so both these ladies had said they could teach me and one undercut the other without knowing the other one's price and then I moved into London and couldn't get to either of them and the gong lady disappeared so I found my Reiki master in London um and then after learning Reiki, 
after doing Reiki 1, I remember going home. I was living with my boyfriend then in Streatham, sitting in the spare room where the computer was and smoking. I used to smoke. And I could see my Reiki guide in the corner of the room waving at me. And I thought, right, okay, if anybody, if I told anybody this, they'd think I was mad. <laughs> um, and, yeah, this... Uh, that was the start. That was the real start of this journey. Um, it blew me wide open with my daily practice. Uh, I experienced a lot of massive healing, strange, unexplainable beings and experiences. Uh, yeah, and I wanted to more. I wanted to explore more. So um, did you train to be a Reiki practitioner? Yeah, 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 I did up to master. Yeah. yeah. Um, but before I did that, um, I, before I went to the master level, um, I was looking at other, what next, what next? Mm. And the next thing that came in was Reiki drumming. So mm. interestingly, that's what brought me to drumming. And that was in 2012 uh, when they sort of had this whole prophecy of like all these crazy things going to happen. And I felt like nothing happened to me in 2012. And then when I look back, actually, it was the start of, who I am now. Yes. Um, yeah. The drums came into my life then. But yeah, so so um, I learned Reiki drumming, which got me into drumming for healing, drumming to journey, drumming with big groups of people, which I loved. And then I started eating up all the sound healing training. I worked with gongs and bowls and rattles and I did shamanic work and um, other loads of other healing modalities and I was just kind of creating this massive toolkit. Yeah. Uh, and then there was a point where I thought, right, you've got to do something with what you've learned now. Yeah, you had enough yeah. tools in in your box. More than enough. You know, yeah, there's a lot that like I, don't, I don't use anymore. I, you know, I've moved yeah. around with them and... Other things have taken into place, but then there are bits that I've taken from other things that have built into what I do now. Yeah. But yeah, so that's that's how I came to drumming. Reiki drumming brought me there. Reiki initially was this kind of gateway, the doorway. Yeah. Um, what about your own healing? You were, you mentioned you you did quite you know had, had quite a lot of healing um, experiences. That, because as healers, we know that in order to be an effective healer and useful to other people, we need to have done the work on ourselves, yeah. don't we? So what kind of work did you have to do on yourself? Yeah. Uh, loads, loads and loads and loads. Yeah. Uh, so alongside this this holistic life that was developing, mm. um, I was also a primary school teacher and I was also suffering with what later became diagnosed as endometriosis. So really uh, debilitating uh, periods. Like it would be the first day of my cycle. I wouldn't be able to move. I'd be laying on the floor, writhing around. Uh, I'd be being sick. And it got to the point where it was about eight hours of absolute agony. And then I'd be wiped out and sleep for a day. Mm. Um, and I just thought, I kept going to the doctors and the doctors would say the same sort of things where well, you need to lose weight or it's no, it's not PCOS. But you just need to lose weight or um, it's just bad periods. Take some ibuprofen, take some Feminax, take some methanemic acid. Um, and they wouldn't, they, there was no wanting to have a look into what the problem was. It was all just let's mask it uh, yeah. or just say something else to you. And... Um, 
I kept going back. Oh, very conventional. Oh, very. Yeah, yeah. And I wasn't really into, like, homeopathy, Mm. homeopathy or anything else at that point. Mm. I just thought that the doctors were the only option I had. Yeah. And every time I went, I got pushed back and sent away um, and made to feel uh, inferior or that it was all in my head. Yeah. And one time after this, so that... When I was 27, it got worse. And um, the first time I was in the school early in the morning in the in the staff room and I ended up laying on the chairs and them having to call my mum and dad oh, and God. taking me to the hospital, thinking I was having a miscarriage um, and uh, just to be given a couple of pills and told it was period pain and to go home. And then about six months later, the same thing happened. I was working in a different school. My friend had to drive me to the hospital. Same thing. Here's some tablets. It's just period pain. And that time I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't have a partner. I, you know, I knew it wasn't anything to do with a, a pregnancy or anything. Um, and so as I got to about 30 and it it wasn't every six months I was getting this, it was every month. Uh, and it got to that kind of, I couldn't deal with it anymore. And it was interfering with work and life mm. and holidays and everything. Um, I wrote it all down in a book and I went down to the doctors with a, an attitude of, I am going to get referred now, I'm not mm. going to put up with this. And I didn't need it. I actually came across a lady who was uh, very well versed in, in endometriosis, and, and which I didn't know what that was at the time. Um, and she referred me to uh, the McNair Clinic in London, a specialised endometriosis clinic where they did a load more tests and said that, yeah, they, that's what they thought it was, but, um, or it was more, it was it was definitely that, but they needed to do a laparoscopy to go in keyhole and have a look at what the extent of lesion, adhesions there were. Because yeah. you can get fusion of your organs and all kinds of horrific stuff. But they needed to lose weight before you had the um, laparoscopy. So I went away, they put me on the pill, they wanted to give me a, a coil, it basically also told me that there was no cure. Her words were, there is no cure. You can have a hysterectomy, but you'd probably still get it. You might as well have um, have a baby, which was like the most um, insensitive thing she could say at the time because my ex-partner had just said that he'd never wanted children. Oh. Um, and that was a thing I was trying to work out in my life. And, uh, yeah, it was crazy so I took the pill for 18 months and in that point I'm going off a bit of a tangent on this but um there was a point in that where I was sat on the sofa and I felt like a zombie uh I, I, I realized I wasn't laughing I wasn't feeling up and down I wasn't I had no libido I wasn't feeling anything and I realized it was the pill um because it just flat, it just stops your Numbness. hormonal fluctu- fluctuations. Yeah, mm. absolutely. And I thought, I don't want to do this anymore. She said there's no cure. Surely there can be a cure. If something keeps getting worse, surely it can get, get better. better. <laughs> um, yeah. 
And so that's when I started looking into uh, more holistic ways of healing. I found a book in a charity shop at eye level. All the books were facing spine up, like towards you. And this one was cover towards me at eye level. Um, Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom by Dr. Christiane Northrup, who's an energy healer and a regular doctor. Yeah, I've heard of her, actually. Yeah, yeah that book was the, the thing that changed my life. I, and I randomly randomly as the universe would plop it in you know randomly found an event on facebook called heal the womb retreat and i went on that and this is where it kind of leads into drumming and and my journey with that as well in that retreat we sat in a women's circle and i'd never done that before in fact I'd been in a lot of competition with women in my job in my friendships I didn't really trust women um it was a I'd I'd, I'd usually only have like one good really good friend mm. rather than a group um and so to be sat in that circle was really difficult watching Quite challenging yeah yeah really and and yeah. I was near the end so I was listening to people really sharing from their hearts crying talking about really deep things also the kind of there's a secretive part of me maybe my virgo part of me that doesn't want to tell everyone my my washing you know um and as it got round i was what's the word like um rehearsing what i was going to say yeah. and i had this plan and as it got to me i just burst into tears and i don't know i don't remember what i said but it wasn't what i'd planned um but it made such an impact i felt so seen and heard i never had anything like that before I and felt safe you must so have, safe you yeah. must have felt safe to be able to, to be able to sort of open up like that yeah yeah absolutely yeah. Yeah. um yeah so that when i went away from that retreat uh the person who ran it later became a, a, my teacher for something else um but when i went away from it uh, I wanted to start, I wanted to find that near me. So mm. uh, the red tent style women's circle. And I lived in London and the nearest one was in Richmond. It was about an hour away. It was on a Thursday. I couldn't make it because I was teaching uh, and I wouldn't be able to get there in time. And so I decided that if I was going to be able to get to one, I'd have to start one. Uh, so I read Anita. Funny that. Yeah, well, that's what's happened throughout my life, you know, yeah. just start it, make it happen. Yeah. Um, we but, teach best what we need to learn. Yeah. That's how I feel about my books. Yeah. yeah. My non-fiction books. That's how it starts. I think, oh, I can't write this. I don't know enough. I'll find out. I'll write about it. Yeah, and you live it and then it yeah. becomes part of what you yeah. needed and then what you, what you can kind of hold and... Yeah, so I read Anita DeMant's Red Tent and I read Judith Dwork's Circle of Stones and I was like, right, that's it. So it started off with a group of people and then they one moved away and then one wanted to do something different, so I ended up running it on my own. Um, looking back on that, it's not ideal. You should have a big community of people around you hosting such a thing. But um, we ran South London Red Tent for four years and it was a sanctuary for for many people, and mm. um, some because came, you needed that sanctuary yeah, in the first absolutely. place, and you enabled that 
for other women. That's wonderful. Yeah, and yeah. That, that got me able to talk about what was going on for me, to mm. start to explore it, to meet other people who could do other things for mm. this kind of problem that I was experiencing. And the book and the questions in the book... Uh, and uh, another meeting with somebody else, I, ra- I won a raffle for somebody who was going to give me EFT. And then she was at the womb healing thing, and she, which I didn't expect to happen. And she gave me something completely different. And uh, I came off the pill, and uh, then the first month, first bleed, uh, was completely pain-free. I didn't even know I was bleeding. I'd never experienced such a thing. And uh, a bit TMI, but my entire womb lining came out in one piece, and I didn't feel it. Uh, I never had anything like that before, and so I had, yeah, I t- changed what they said could never be cured, and after month after month went by, and I was still having pain-free periods. Yeah. It was like, what is happening? Uh, and I went back to them, at the McNair Centre, and said, this has been happening, and she said, I said I've been doing this and I've been doing this and I've been doing this, and she said. Um, uh, so are you saying you want to be taken off the register? And I said, I think I am. I don't think I need it anymore. And she said, well, when you do need us, you know, you do realise you'll be at the bottom of the queue. <laughs> and I laughed and kind of just, I've never seen them again, you know. And every now and then I get a bad period now. We're, what, what am I, 15 years since that wow. happened? Maybe a little bit less. Um, every now and then I get a bad period, maybe a couple a year, but I yeah. can put it down to the way I've eaten or the amount of work I've done or stress that I've been under. I know that it's something that I have... Uh, an imbalance that, that you I can have manage. created. Yeah, yeah. You can manage And it's never, it. it's, it's two hours at the max, not yeah. eight hours, you know. And of course now you've got the tools. Yeah. You've built up like that toolkit over time. Yeah. Which has helped you and now you're able to help. The wounded healer story. Yeah. It's the wounded healer, isn't it? That's it. That's it's, it's amazing. It's the journey. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that took me uh, into running these women's circles and so I was running sound baths at that point, and it was the drum that was always the fo- focal point for me. Most For many, it's the gong, um, and I had my gong, but the drum, I'd pick it up and um, would start to channel, it, and I, I hadn't done that before. It was like the energy... The energy, the spirit of the drum was talking to you. had come straight through, yeah. And I had to just <laughs> let go of, of who I was and just let it come through. And whole songs would come out, um, tones, words. Um, I'd drum around people in ways I didn't expect to. Um, and I realised that there was something really powerful with those. And particularly, like, I'd have four or five drums and one would be really trying to catch my attention and it'd be like what is it doing I have to pick this one up mm-hmm. and if I didn't pick it up it was like yeah the whole thing wasn't going to go the way it was supposed to go it, it opened doors it opened portals yeah um, very much spirit led yeah very much and that's think, that's very shamanic isn't it yes yeah. yeah I think that was the first sort of the step into just letting go whilst drumming yeah um, and so then I thought right okay I'm going to start a drum circle, and because I was running women's circles, uh, I thought, right, I'll, I'll do a women's drum circle. And for many years, a lot of my work was mostly with women. And now it's opened up to anybody, but I still run a women's drum circle. Um, 
And the first one, there was just one other woman. She's a good friend of mine now. We'd never met before. And we drummed. And I remember us, both of our eyes closed, leaning against the wall in this makeshift yoga studio at the back of a pub. <laughs> uh, like you went out of the back door of the pub and then you into the yoga studio. And um, at the end of it, we both open-mouthed and started to share what happened. And we'd, we'd both seen a fire in the middle of the room. We'd both felt this ancient energy of women drumming we there were lots of things we experienced the same as each other and it was mind-blowing absolutely mind-blowing um and so those drum circles continued and then we chose to do a closed drum circle so there was I can't remember maybe eight of us and we met every two weeks for quite a few months and that was where the drumming in the way I drum now kind of was born uh because it was the same people we began to soften and feel safe around each other to share exactly Open up. yeah yeah and that sense of the women's circle where you share became an integral part of the drumming because it was like um we'd, we'd arrive we'd ground we'd talk about what we we're going to do and then we'd share and then we'd realize that seven of the eight had come in and said maybe the words um, chaos or stress or it all feels like everything's going all over around me, that the floor's going to disappear. Um, and we realised that we had a lot of similarities in what was going on. Mm -hmm. And so then we start to create intentions for our first round of drumming based on what we needed. Mm -hmm. And the experiences that we had whilst we were drumming were so tangible we could really feel the change in ourselves and then we'd talk afterwards and somebody would say like one of them Rachel's really um crystals are her tall thing yeah and she'd <laughs> see crystals coming up in the middle of the circle or she'd see nice. them uh, by different people um another one would have angels and things and sometimes we'd have other things come up in the in the middle and or and it all kind of came together it was like a whole experience that we'd had rippled through us all and we all felt the shift in ourselves, maybe in different ways. So I was really visual and could see it and feel it. Some people would get people to things talking in their ear or a real uh, kind of sense of some shift. Um, yeah, and it would blow our minds. And then we realised that maybe if we were doing this to ourselves and the impact we were having on ourselves, if we set intentions for outside of ourselves, perhaps that would ripple outwards and I know now I know a lot more about frequency and mm -hmm. um kind of intention and that time is an illusion and place you know yeah. you can just disappear um and so if we were to set an intention and drum for somewhere in uh some other place of the world the ripples would arrive mm -hmm. that you know if we were going to set it for the entire world the ripples would permeate and the frequency would shift and there would be change and and also i've noticed in your looking at your website and your your copy that you talk about healing ancestral lines mm. so going back mm. into sort of past lives bloodlines or even beyond that yeah and future um, yeah yeah 
because time is an illusion. Yeah. I made yeah. a I made a drum last year and it was um I held the wood, the hoop, and it said, time is an illusion. We are everywhere and nowhere all at the same time. And I used the pyrography machine and put it on there. And then I could see a a swirling picture and I painted an ammonite on it. It just felt like that kind of spiral was needed on this drum. And that phrase has just been with me ever since I've made that drum and Embedded people say it to me yeah people, people <laughs> say it and then we just like we'll drum and it'll be we've drummed for 40 minutes and it feels like 10 seconds or we've drummed for 10 seconds and it feels like 40 minutes and all the walls collapse and you become yeah. the drum opens up and it physically does that it, the it changes the brain waves so that you're from instead of the logical here and now mind, you're in the kind of trance based mind. Yeah. It opens you up into meditative states. So physically you're shifting. Um and then you open up into other realms and like when uh, we know that what we see is not just what's there, there's so much more, you know. Um mm. so we can, we can access everything all at, yeah, definitely, point. definitely. And do you find that, um, I mean, obviously this is the journey, this is how far you've come now, but what what way are you going, what, what are you doing to hold that space and how is that, cha- that going to change this year, do you think? Well, interesting <clears throat> question because uh, I stepped into this year with a... a a feeling that I knew what what where I was going, mm. um, and then I could feel and sense this kind of bubble almost in front of me of the potential, uh, and and I didn't know what it was, and it and I it was almost like I was waiting for it just to pop over me, and then I go aha oh yeah this is where I'm going, um, but actually what's happening is I'm getting little drips and drabs of it, so for one. Uh, I am. I have to make more space in my life uh, because the last few years I've been all over the place, travelling around, which I love, um, but also working at home on things, uh, making drums for people, making rattles, you know, that kind of constant work. And I know that I need to make space so that there is the space for what's coming mm. because if there's no space, it can't come. No. Um, and I have been working a lot with the land, uh, with stones particularly, um, and drums. And there's a real call to uh, to invite people into that world and to enable others to begin to experience the magic whatever, of it. whatever comes to them, you mm. know. Um, I thought, I thought it was. Ah, I'll make a course. There'll be a, you know, protocol, and that is not how this has worked for me. This is not how I became a person who goes and stands in a stone circle and starts drumming and then starts doing all whatever's being asked of me. Mm. I, I do that because I go into it and then I let go and ask to speak to the space. Mm. Um, so yeah, to to invite people into that space and to see if if they're called to it too, because I think a lot of people are coming up to be 
working with the land, the grids, the energies at this yeah. time. And their own spirits and their own getting to know what their purpose is as a soul yeah. in this lifetime. Yeah. Um, I noticed also on your website that you've got a drum birthing workshop in Munden, which is near here, which yeah, is only 20 minutes from here. Down, yeah. I run a monthly well, I call it hedge riding, but basically it's the witchy version of shamanic journeying. So I take my drum and I create a sacred space mm. and I hold space for, for the women um, that are all laying down on their yoga mats enjoying, you know, and they love it. And it's, I mean, I'm like you, I just love holding, facilitating that kind of sacred space for people mm. to to open up and grow and share mm. And it's such a powerful space, isn't it? Mm. Such a powerful space. Um, yeah, I noticed you were doing a, a drum birthing there, so I might come to that yeah. because it's just down the road because I've been wanting to to um, birth my own drum for years. And I've got a um, synthetic drum Yeah. because obviously with the music it's a little bit more Reliable. practical. Always the same, <laughs> absolutely. But what I wanted to talk to you about, Melanie, was your art. Because having seen you with your drums, you know, behind a stall um, at a recent market, I mean, they are just so beautiful. Mm. And you, when I started talking to you and you said, oh, yeah, I've done all these myself. And that was and but I mean, when did your art? start <laughs> when did my art start you wanted your art start. do you know um a long long time ago at the beginning of that journey uh i in a meditation i got when did uh, the words um when did you stop painting you like painting why did you stop and i realized that my creativity had just completely disappeared i did it in my job as a teacher but nothing for myself and yeah. i think that added to my um womb-based problems yeah. because it's your creative center yes of course um, but my drum that gave me goosebumps my drum mm. painting started in lockdown in 2020 so uh i started i was making regular drums you know a cross-shaped handle maybe put a crystal in the middle mm. they were all very similar um uh, I'd made a few off-piste ones, trying out different things. And then um, in 2020, I'd moved back to my parents. I'd left my career of 15 years as a teacher and stepped into this space of self-employed and trusting in the universe, which was a push, you know, I didn't have a choice really. Um, stupid things get get kept happening and it was like are you gonna leave no okay here's something else more crazy are you gonna leave no okay challenging you. yeah yeah <laughs> and so I'd left and you know I ended up leaving London which initially I thought was a a bit of a failure on my part but actually it wasn't it was preparing me to be in a safe space for Covid instead of on my own in London which was insane um but I started dreaming about a particular drum uh and it was different to all the drums I'd ever made. It had a bee on it and it had the flower of life on it. The bee was sat on the flower of life. Mm. And the handle was very, very different. The handle was a bee shaped with a big crystal in it. And I kept dreaming of this drum. And then my cat at the time brought me a bee in its mouth and dropped it in front of me. There would be a bee in the car, a bee here, a bee there. I'd open Facebook, there'd be pictures of bees. People would talk to me about bees. The amount of bees that arrived in places they shouldn't have been, been, 
was it was it was I had no choice but to see these signs and listen to them. Yeah. And so one day I was like, right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make this drum. And I had to fashion this handle in the shape of a bee and it had a massive golden healer crystal in the back of it. And then I sat outside in my parents' garden and started painting this bee and this flower of life. And when it was finished, um, it got bought straight away by a friend of mine. Um, and then people started asking me to paint drums for them. So a lady asked me to do this amazing lion that had like fire and ice, uh, sun and moon, and it was like split in the middle, reds and then blues. It was just amazing. And that painted itself. So it looked very different at the beginning and it's like the lion's face just shifted and shifted and shifted and then it went, I'm here. And it was like it wasn't me painting. It Mm. knew it had to come. Uh, and then I had some more commissions and things like that that were being asked of me to paint and they would just come once I spoke to the person. And then um, what started to happen was the way that I uh, interacted with the pieces, the materials changed. So instead of just getting a bit of sage and smudging them, clearing and cleansing them from their journey and, you know, the hoops and the hides, I would put my hands on them and start to feel them and then they would show me things. So I might hold a hoop and see that entire drum and know that I had no choice but to make this into that, even if I didn't know how to make the handle, how I was going to paint the thing, you know, it was just, you have no choice. Um, And the same with the hides, I'd pick up a hide, and instead of just smudging it and not really connecting, I'd get this animal appear in front of me, that's what happens now, I see, see the whole animal, and it will show me if it needs anything. So recently... uh a horse drum showed me this horse laying on the floor and it was the the whole spirit of that horse came out of the hide out of the horse and moved around behind me and I became very aware that I knew that the hide I was holding in my hand had no spirit of this horse in it anymore it was like it had just completely detached and then it blew this horse spirit horse behind me blew like it was blowing its energy and it made my mouth fill up and then I blew it onto the hide and this went on for quite some time and it was like the whole energy of the horse was returning to the hide it was crazy um and there's I mean there's amazing things and then there's really you know sad things and uh, but but once they're happy or they're ready they'll show me what they want um and so I end up painting, like I painted Wayland Smithy and Uffington White Horse on a drum recently and it just came out and I'd never painted rocks or anything before and it just, it was stunning and I just remember just kept looking at it going, how have I done that? And then a woman who lives at the bottom of Uffington White Horse bought it and you're like, wow, we had a random meeting, you know. but yeah. Truly becoming a channel, yeah. ha- has become a channel for for spirit and the land. Yeah, you know, the land for sure. So yeah, so <laughs> it's interesting that you say that. So a couple of years ago, 
I, I started getting messages from the land to make a drum of that place. Mm. So I'd be in our below stone circle and it, it, it would be like, make a drum of me. And I'd see what the drum would look like. And then I started carrying hoops and hides around with me and taking them to places and asking the spirit of the place to infuse the hoop, the hide. And then I'd either get a big image and I'd draw it on my phone and take it away and do it that night. Or I'd pieces would journey with me. Um, so the one I'm painting at the moment uh, has had a massive journey. It's come from... Uh, uh, it's well yeah it's come from sitting in a in a workshop where a woman chose a hoop and then there were some hoops left over and that hoop that I chose was kind of shouting at me and then just showing her how to use the pyrography and drawing writing the word hope and drawing a dove with a with a a, a leaf in a little branch in its mouth um and then not doing anything else with it but taking it with me because I thought I might make it when I was going up to Scotland and then it ending up in my bag when I went to Roslyn Chapel which I wasn't going in because I've been in before I was just showing my friend look this is what it looks like and then we both got this hole we need to go in to going to this and then I'd also written the word love by then in the in pyrography in it to going to a graveyard a grave in the chapel grounds it's the only grave there which had hope and love <laughs> and faith and patience and trust around uh -huh. the edge and then realizing I had to make one to do with that so I took mm. uh, the yew tree asked me to take some branch and use it in the drum making I had it in the chapel and I took it out my bag while the woman was doing a talk and just left it in the energy of it and then the woman we were doing some drumming and chanting in the in the um crypt and we got told off but the other lady kind of went well people like you you know you might be interested in this and she showed us how to stand under the ley lines that go through so the hoop was in these ley lines yeah amazing and as well as yeah and then and i'm painting one of the women that was on that grave who was the only one who caught your eye she looked alive a little stone a sculpture mm. she looked alive it's so, a yeah. privilege isn't it it's, a, it's such a privilege to be a spirit worker yeah. To work for spirit because that's clearly what you are. You're a channel. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And the magic of nature and spirit is talking to you through these yeah. particular things like the land. Yeah, through the stones, through the drum, the places, through mm. the drums, through and the through hides. people, through people that you're coming into contact yeah, with. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, clearly, um, people gravitate towards you. Because there's a resonance, isn't there? We're talking about energy and frequency and vibration. That that's how it happens, isn't yeah. it? We attract who needs, you know. We we attract that energetic match. Yeah, absolutely. And you must. I don't know if you're like me. I mean, you, you must be like me. Well, I feel that like you are, <laughs> because when I first met you, I just felt, you know, there was a connection. And I find that as a teacher. I learn just as much from my students yeah, or from my clients, you know, and it's that wonderful synergy of, of um, energy, energy that flows backwards and forwards. And it's just, it becomes so powerful mm -hmm. that there is that, that soul connection that we're meeting the right people, mm. you know. Yeah. Um, the, the drum circles, um, I, I just love it. It's like, 
people come in the way that I came into that first women's mm. circle and they're petrified of speaking or they don't know how to talk about how they're feeling so they talk about other things instead when it yeah. gets to their point and and then they start to drum and they've never drummed before and they're worried they're going to get it wrong and there's a right way to do it and um, you watch the relaxing and the letting go and the the more you do it the more the the drum opens you up to your own self-expression mm. your own sense of self your own self-understanding um and 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 every time you drum you kind of step closer to who you are or step out more as who you are and people mm. say things like oh i wish i could talk like this with everyone well i do now you know it's my life yeah it's i talk even to my parents who you know then don't do emotional stuff i now speak like that because it's part of who i am yeah. and uh yeah it's the the drums uh, the drums and I, I guess my kind of vibration as well brings that group of people together or those people together and we're all mirrors of ourselves of yeah. each other and we all have something to share and to learn from each other but we also have this space where we can become more of who we are it's just yeah. it's just it's needed because absolutely the, if, if society just wants you to sit in a box and yeah. watch the telly. don't you think that's why spirituality is becoming more i don't want to say well shall i say it mainstream but it is becoming more acceptable uh, yeah absolutely. that's probably a better word yeah you could talk about reiki and gong baths now and most yeah. people would know what you meant i mean reiki is used in hospitals now yeah yeah you know and hospices um, it has and, more mm. credibility mm. air quotes but there's more but, there's scientific uh um tests and things research done on it now so it's they allow it in a bit more yeah um, yeah, it's a bit more grounded in in the right sort of information, isn't mm. it? Um, that that sceptical people like you were 15, mm. 20 years ago would have needed. Yeah, absolutely. To be um, able to say, what does it do? Well, the evidence shows. Yeah. yeah. But it's good as a teacher because I'm like that as well. And you say that as a teacher you felt you needed that kind of scientific sort of grounding. Yeah. You know? And I imagine you give that to your students and the people that you share your space with well i think that sense of um i needed to see it to believe it yeah i've seen it and when we do like i, I run a, a facilitator training for the drum circles that i run i know um when we do that and even in just in the regular drum circles you see it you feel it you're part of it everybody's noticing it so you can you can let your guard down and go that really did happen and that wasn't mm. just a figment of my imagination, mm. you know, and, yeah. I'm very tempted to come and join you on your... Um, I see there are only two places left in September. They're, I think we're sold out. I think, oh, are you? Yeah, yeah which is oh. crazy and humbling and beautiful. Um, mm, definitely. Yeah. Because clearly more and more people are wanting to share this and that's how it that's how it grows, isn't it? It's well, how people... Transformation... Absolutely. And, and growth and... The magic spreads. This is, yeah, in the last year, particularly, maybe 18 months, I've noticed drumming become yeah. huge. So what was difficult for 
uh, made to talk to people about because they were like, what do you mean? Or, you know, or um, people would come and go, I've never, I, I've never heard of this before, but I thought I'd try it. Now people are going, I need to drum. I'm looking for this. I, I've made a drum. I want to come and drum. Um, I want to make a drum. And th- there's a lot more drum makers. There's a lot more drum circles. There's a lot more um, opportunity to uh, find yourself with the drum. Yeah, uh, in the last eighteen months, and I, then I think there ever has been. So yeah, and do you find that with your with your drumming life, um, do you sort of gravitate towards a particular shamanic tradition, like the tradition of these lands, or does it does it go further? Mm. I get asked that a lot. I also get asked a lot if my drums are from a specific tra- tradition, mm. um, because. Uh, because there are some really old mm. uh, cultures who use the drum, you know. Mm. But um, so my my drumming comes from um, the drums. I think that's the only way I can describe <laughs> it. Because I've, I, like I said, I did a lot of training which used drums and other mo- modalities. Yeah. But it was that time when we sat in that closed circle where things revealed themselves things happened shifts occurred that made me realize that it wasn't it wasn't I didn't have to have a this tradition that I followed no because I think doesn't really matter whatever's coming through me is um is what is supposed to be being shared yeah and I know that kind of goes in not everybody would agree with that that you know there are um i i don't like there's a lot of cultures with specific teachings mm. um on on different shamanic ways and things like that so i don't kind of say i'm a shaman or anything and no. i don't say you know that i don't have training in specific uh, like Peruvian shamanism or Sami shamanism or Mongolian shamanism. What I have is what's coming through the land and the drums, and I think that that is right for me mm. um, at this time. And I don't know, is it is it rediscovering? Is it re-remembering? Is it, is it something that new? Is it something I think, ancient? I think we're remembering. Yeah. It just... We are remembering, and we're, and it's it's a soul journey that we're all experiencing sort of collectively and individually. That's what I feel anyway, mm, mm. in my experience. Um, but, I mean, you know, what a journey you've had. And also the the need and the... Do you feel called to create community as well? Yeah, that's that was massive. A couple yeah. of years ago that was pushing through. Well, I mean, I say a couple of years ago. I've been doing that for years now with the red tent, yeah. with the drum circles. It yeah. was bringing people together. But the the bigger kind of feeling of it has, has, has definitely enhanced over the last few years. And I think that the astrology is all pointing to that. It's not it's not the top-down model. It's not the I'm in charge and you do what I say. No. It's the we come together and we co-create this mm. um, and it becomes something shared where we all benefit, you know. Yeah. Um, and in whatever way that benefit is, yeah. it, it, we all benefit from being in a space together. Um, we all come to it with all our different skills and and knowledge and um, experiences. It's yeah, 
and I've sat in one of your drum circles at the market that we that we met at. Um, I think it was the second one because the first one we met, we were playing, weren't we, with Morgan's yeah. Path? But yeah, and it was, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. You know, um, any chance to beat a drum yeah. and, and, and to sing and chant, and and one of the chants that you offered and shared with, with the circle, I took away and I remembered, and I've got it on my phone, and, yeah. and I, I love singing it in the chapel down the road. Oh, beautiful. And and it's just yeah, I mean, singing is is healing, isn't it? Mm. It's it's you, the voice mm. is just as much an instrument as the drum. Yeah. And and you like myself, you work with both. And what magic we can we can produce yeah. and create, and the vibrations that we we alter and raise absolutely with that joyful expression of mm. our creativity is is second to none, isn't mm. it? Yeah, and it's another way of that self-expression. Yeah. Through the voice. Um, Yeah. What I've watched over the years is people come to it banging the drum and then it takes sometimes takes a little bit of time to open the mouth. But I think (laughs) the drum invites you to open the mouth. It invites you to move the body. Yeah. It invites you to get into all this, you know, what the somatic experience of what you are and... To sing together yeah. is another beautiful, beautiful thing. It can be so heart wrenching. It can be so joyful. Yeah. It, it, all the yeah, it's beautiful. Um, yeah, I love to sing. And <laughs> you, you have a lot of things going on this year because I've looked at your website and it looks like you are going to be all over the place again. Yeah. Forward in time. Um, so where can people find find you, Mel? Uh, you can find me at thedrumwoman.com. Yeah. Instagram and Facebook, The Drum Woman. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and then if you look on my website, you'll see festivals we're singing and drumming at. You can see the regular drum circles that take place uh, in Mark's Tay in, near Colchester and in Harlow. Um you can see uh, drum birthings, you can see the facilitator training and there will be spaces somewhere in some magical place at some point put up. It's just building yeah. blocks at the moment. And, and yeah. is there anything online? Uh, in what way do you mean? Uh, have you got any sort of um, like drum meditations or anything online that people can have access to? So... Uh, one of the things I'm wanting to develop is a a space to have all of those things. But yeah. if you go onto the Drum Woman Facebook page and you either scroll down or you put in the search bar um, High Vibe Tribe, you'll find tons of... Uh, they're kind of healing meditative journeys where... For a couple of years, every Monday, we'd come together and I'd lead a grounding and then an intention, whatever it felt like the group needed, and then I'd drum and then I'd speak. So that's all channeled through. And you can drum along with it or you can just put your headphones on and lay down in your bed and uh, and see where it takes you. Some of them are specific to particular dates and full moons, but a lot of them are just on that time so I, I trust that whatever you listen to is the right one yeah um but yeah in, in the future there'll be on my website there'll be a space to 
to do that because people keep saying I have a lovely medita meditation voice so I should probably record more of them properly instead of just putting them on the Facebook or doing them in the drum circles and for them to be lost. Well I watched a lovely video of you today and you said earlier that it was an old, old one mm. where you were doing a, a drum meditation mm. and I didn't watch all of it because it was like nearly an hour long. Yeah, <laughs> most of them are. But it was lovely <laughs> and I've, I've, I've uploaded it onto my my laptop so that's there and I can enjoy that when I've got some mm. you know some downtime um but thank you so much for coming it's been lovely Pleasure. getting thank an insight into me. the magic of your life because it certainly is magical it's a bit of a wild ride isn't it <laughs> <laughs> and, and it looks like it's going to continue to yeah. be yeah I think if you just said to me like in 2010 what would you be doing in 15 years' time, I'd have just told you I'd be a head teacher or something in a school. You know? Yeah, isn't it amazing how our life changes? Yeah. For the better. Oh, oh couldn't ask for anything without more. Without a doubt. Yeah. So different. Yeah. Perfect. And what I want to do now is I want to take you down to the chapel and maybe yes. we can do some singing in there. Yes, because I went there in 2020 and Did it was you? shut. Oh, well, so I've never oh been my inside. God, yes, it was closed yeah. for. Well, that was... Social COVID. distancing in. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I walked down the beach, I enjoyed that, but I'd never been in. Yeah. And I went specifically to go in, so I'm super glad okay, let's that you go. live around the corner. <laughs> let's go, let's go. Thank you. Thanks, Mel. Thank and, you. And um, anybody that's listening, I absolutely encourage and invite you to go and find more out about this wonderful lady. And you can't miss her. She's all over the internet. <laughs> She's the drum woman. Yay! <laughs> Thanks, Mel. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, that was a great chat, Sheena. Um, you didn't hang around very long afterwards, though, did you? No. I took Mel down, the, down to the chapel and we had a sing. We had a lovely sing because the acoustics, as you know, are, yeah. are just amazing in there. And yeah, it was lovely, lovely to 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 really sort of experience that with with her. Oh, on the way back, on. Ian, we just as we were chatting about something magical because our whole conversation was, you know, based around magic and the sacred and everything. And just as we were talking about something specific, two swans flew over the top of us just oh. as we were coming back from the you know along that roman road yes. yeah and really close you just heard that the there's noise no other sound wing. like it that's right than yeah. swans when yeah. they're flying near you and um and of course it was february the first so yeah. it was it was in bulk mm. and you know the wow. symbol of bridey is is a swan yeah so how magical so that was one of those magical moments, synchronicities, whatever you call it. But to me, it's it's that's the magic. Yeah. You know that speaking through through nature, which it always does. Yeah, I think if anybody has sort of been there before down to uh, the chapel um, in Bradwell, um, they'd understand it. But if anybody hasn't, it's well worth a, a look down there, either early morning or sort of evenings. And it's just such a lovely place, isn't it? Yeah. And, and as I was saying to, to Mel, it's it's built over a, a, the crossings of, of ley lines. Yeah. So when you go into the chapel and you stand by the, by, by the altar, 
that is where two ley lines are crossing and it's a powerful that explains why the energy is so yep. palpable and so potent there you know mm. it's a very liminal space and also and if you think about it we've got the beach just sort of what yeah. 200 meters away that's right from from the chapel itself so again you've got that shoreline you've got that liminal space you're on the edge it's that feeling of being in between worlds. Wow, yeah. And yeah. to me, that's what makes it so yeah. magical. And I, I, I could imagine that, she, you know, having sort of listening to her chat and everything, that she would appreciate that. Oh, definitely. Oh, great. So anybody out there listening, yeah, do check her out. Um, oh, absolutely. Because she's, she's always got things going on. Do get in touch with her if you want to book her for a drum birthing workshop or attend one that she's already got on her calendar. Um, she's also um, facilitating putting on a drum con, so a, a convention right. on the drum, which I think the first one she held last year. So she's putting on another one. That's a, I think it's Mark's Tay, but it's I shall put the link to that as well. That's in April, mm. on the 20th of April. Yeah. And how are you getting on? What, what else have you got going that you want to sort of stick out there? If anybody's listening before February the 9th, then I'm holding a, a 28 day money ma manifesting journey, um, which will be online. And it's called Riches for Witches. So I'm basing it on on some content from, from the, book the book and focusing specifically on money. Money, money, money. And working with um, magical techniques and, and tools and practices to support people in developing a better relationship with money so that they become more receptive and attractive to financial wealth in their lives. Yes, good. Yeah, because it's all about how we feel. It is, definitely. That's, you know, it's yeah. the vibration that we put out into the world, that frequency of attraction, which um, needs to be of the highest vibration, doesn't yeah. it, Ian? And if anybody needs help, Sheena's the person. Yeah, I'd love people to join me. So just do do message me or send me an email at sheenacundy at gmail.com. Um, I'll put the link in the in the show description or DM me on Instagram or Facebook, the Treehouse yeah. Witch. Yeah. Or my personal profile on Facebook. Doesn't yeah. matter. You can find me find me wherever and um but just let me know. I'll send you the details. It's gonna be four weeks of live calls. So there'll be a live lesson every week. There'll be a private group on Facebook, I think. We're gonna hold it on Facebook. So there'll be ongoing support. I'll be putting in sort of, you know, lots of lots of energy into into that group <laughs> to really raise the vibration and hopefully, yeah. Fantastic. Everybody will be transformed into yeah. money making witches by the end of it. Yeah, great stuff. <laughs> I see lots of witches riding around on their Rolls Royce brooms. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a sight, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Broomsticks crossed, I get loads of people. Oh, and what I forgot to say is that it's a I'm doing a buy one, get one free offer. So it's £85 or $108 for those four weeks. Yeah. But you can also bring a friend 
and you know you can either pay for a friend if you want to use it as a gift or you can split the cost with somebody split the cost sounds yeah. great doesn't it really yeah yeah and i've got people signing up Excellent. they've been signing up for the last week so there's a great interest in it and good, and good. i think that it's going to be yeah I'm, i've got a yeah. good feeling about it really excited looking forward to great it. great stuff so okay. anyway, Ian, I think well, that's a go. wrap, isn't it? Yeah. It's um, a wrap. Morgan's Path Music on bandcamp.com uh, and also all the other sort of streaming sites that we're available on. Um, yes. What else have you got for us, Sheena? Um, well, that's about it, Ian. Yeah. That's about it, I think. So no more then, where is a yeah. wrap. I've got to get on with organising my lesson plan for my... <laughs> My Riches for Witches programme. Work, so work, I'm work. I'm off now. Work, work, work. All right, I'll leave you to... Um... Make more tea. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening, everybody. It's been wonderful. We've really enjoyed ourselves, as usual. Um, if you enjoy the show, then please share it with your friends, leave a review, a ratings. It really helps to for us to get visibility in the you know in the global spheres and um, digital spheres should I say and uh, until next time look after yourself we're sending lots of love and magic your way and we'll look forward to speaking to you again very soon bye 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 now now. (laughs) what on earth are you doing lady what is that you're stewing don't stray far from the hearth place, not while you are brewing. A little bit of this and a little bit of that is what you want. Now throw into the middle and it will work out somehow. Mix it up together, stir the madness round and round. Lady Crow, lend me your feather, by the magic we are bound. Once upon a time, the story goes, look between the covers, we'll mean over and over.